Rabbis call him pastor. Pastors call him rabbi. His patients call him doc. And his New York family calls him Meshuga, crazy, because he believes in Messiah. Welcome to this episode of To Life, where Miles Weiss highlights the hope behind the headlines. Shalom, salam, aloha, welcome to the Hope Behind the Headlines, to life. I'm Miles Weiss. I'm glad you'd be with us. I have gotten permission from my friend Jim Garlow, who is the leader of wellversedworld.org, a worthy website, incredible resource for us in the days in which we're living to be aware of what God is doing in the earth and also how the Bible is intended to affect government and politics. So by all means, please go to his website and uh, get involved and support what they're doing. It's very important. So uh, this particular session is uh, unusual. It's an audio from Michelle Bachman, former U.S. representative, leader at the Regent University. She has an incredible testimony of January 6th, an eyewitness testimony and what actually happened there. It's important for us because we were hearing a narrative being repeated and sold that has to do with this alleged insurrection, which is not what happened. It was lots of flesh, lots of naivete, and also lots of incitement, I believe, from those on the left who tried to hijack that day and that meeting in order to make it a sticking point for politics in our nation. So that said, uh, Michelle Bachman has an incredible testimony, including what happened to Ashley Babbitt and why we have not heard any of the facts about it. But I just want you to hear this. I want you to recognize that behind the scenes, God is at work. God is awakening the American people to the absolute thin veneer of this wokeism and the all of the cancel culture and the marginalizing of half the country who are not white supremacists, quote unquote, but actually just people wanting to live their lives, raise their families, succeed in this capitalist society, which is a good thing, and also to elevate everyone else by their success. So that said, let's go to this audio of Michelle Bachman, by the way, is also leading a Bible study in Washington, D.C., and at the U.N. Uh, in New York City. She is a part of this movement to bring a biblical influence into the ways of the world. So, without further ado, here's testimony from on-site, January 6th, Washington, D.C., capital of the United States, from Michelle Bachman. My name is Michelle Bachman. I'm dean at Regent University of the Robertson School of Government, but today I am here together with Well-Versed Ministry. We're bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to members of Congress. I'm a former member of Congress myself, and we've just had two wonderful meetings with the freshman members of Congress and also with some more seasoned members of Congress, coming together to encourage them in their faith and to apply their faith here in this city. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about an event that you've heard a lot about in the news for over six months' time. It's the events of January 6th. How can we forget that? That was the day when President Trump was in this city giving a speech. Over 2 million supporters of President Trump 
were also in this city that day because a very significant event happened in the United States Capitol, our Capitol, the building right behind us. And it was this. All 50 states were coming together with all 435 members of Congress, all 100 members of the Senate, for the purpose of certifying the election results from November of 2020, the presidential election results. There were very real questions about voter integrity. Was there voter fraud? Were the results that we were given actually the true election results? Would, what would happen? That decision was about to happen that day. The Lord called me to come into this city about six months before on an effort with other prayer warriors to pray. And so I spent about six months here with other intercessors praying, walking across Washington, D.C., asking God for his blessing. In the days leading up to January 6th, we were here praying, walking up and down in the city, walking in the mall, walking around this United States Capitol building. On the morning of January 6th, when all the events were about to transpire, it was extremely cold that day. It was January. We were out here. If you look right behind my shoulder, there's an open area of cement. This is where we were right here. We had a platform set up. We had a permit. We had a worship band. And we had a number of Christians that were here. I have to tell you, on January 5th and January 6th, Washington, D.C. was one of the happiest places I'd ever been in. So many people were coming in in support of President Trump. So many believers were here. People were witnessing on street corner after street corner. They were witnessing to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were holding up banners proclaiming the name of Jesus. They were holding up banners in support of President Trump. Why? They were supporting him because President Trump was standing for biblical values. And that's why so many believers were here to support him, because he was supporting biblical values. So it was really, I would say, more akin to a family reunion. It was happiness. People weren't angry. They weren't swearing. They weren't uh, planning an insurrection. They were so happy. And they were, they were in prayer believing that the election results would be the true election results and only would be certified based upon what truly happened in that election outcome. So people of faith were here by faith, asking God through faith for his true election results. That's the real story of January 6th, the 2 million or so people who were here. I'm not speaking for all 2 million. I'm not saying that they all were exactly the same purpose. A lot of people here were just secular people who wanted to be here in support of the president. But what you need to know is there was no big angry mob here on site that morning. I was here. I was here praying on this stage with other people praying, with worship bands praying. And as a former member of Congress, I have a lifetime privilege to go into the House chamber. You see a rectangular building with the triangular pediment at top, that is the House of Representatives. Inside is the famous well of the House where President Trump gives his remarks when he gives a speech to the Joint Session of Congress or the State of the Union Address, or you see now uh, uh, Mr. Biden do the same when he gave a speech to the Joint Session. This is the building where it happens. This is where the certification was to occur. That's why we were out here praying. On January 6th, it was afternoon, maybe 12, 30, 1 o'clock, I decided to go into the building because I have lifetime privileges. 
I asked the Capitol Police if I could go in. They said, no, uh, I had to have to go through Longworth. I went through Longworth. I went through the tunnel. I came into the building, and my purpose was to go pray. I wanted to pray in the House chamber or up in the House gallery to pray about these events. I wasn't allowed to because of the COVID restrictions. Only 10 members were allowed on the floor. Only 40 were allowed in the gallery. So I, I was not allowed to actually go in. So I was at Speaker McCarthy, or a Ranking Leader McCarthy's office asking for permission to go in. I was watching on the television that Arizona was saying that they wanted to have a discussion. They wanted to have a debate about the election results. People all along here who were praying, they were cheering the vice president. The vice president's car was right there. The vice president walked in. They were cheering, asking him to make the right results. Senator Josh Hawley walked across. Everyone stood up and gave him a round of applause. I tell you this because you've been told that these were all angry mobs here. I'm telling you, it's just exactly the opposite. Happy, wonderful, faith-filled people cheering on people, saying, do the right thing. Uh, you know, stand up for us. The, the mood and trajectory here was to not certify the results. Nobody knows that. But that was the mood here, was to not. In other words, we were winning. Our prayers were being answered. We were seeing that. And that's exactly what the uh, progressive left didn't want to see. They didn't want to see a questioning of the certification they were hell-bent. If you remember, that morning, the two Senate seats in Georgia occurred. In my opinion, th those were stolen elections in, in Georgia. But they were determined that that night, Joe Biden would be certified as the next president of the United States. All of this was in process. I went inside. Uh, uh, when I couldn't go into the chamber, I asked if I could go to the George Washington Chapel. You see the rotunda with the dome on it, that's, that is the main rotunda. Just off of that rotunda is a chapel, the George Washington Chapel. I went in there and I was praying. I did, unbeknownst to me, the Capitol had been breached. People had broken the windows. They were already in the Capitol when I was in the chapel praying. This is what you need to know. Believers were stationed all around this Capitol praying. There was prayer going on the whole time. People had their arms reaching out toward the house chamber, praying, asking for God's protection. While we saw the fraud occur, here's the fraud. There were very, very few Capitol Police that were here. Now remember, you have 535 members of Congress inside, including the Vice President of the United States. Hardly anyone was here. You see these almost flimsy uh, bicycle rack type uh, barriers. That's all that was here for 2 million people in a city. That's all they had for protection between the people and the building. But we didn't see normal people breaking in. Some people reported that they saw five buses uh, drive up to this building and people got out of those bu buses wearing all black clothing. They came up. We don't know who those people were. But they came up, and it was clear that some people, whether they were the Capitol Police or dressed to look like Capitol Police, they physically took these bicycle-looking barriers. They opened them. 
the people who look like Capitol Police, they opened the barriers and they're going like this to the crowd, come in, to say to the crowd, you can come in. There were some bad actors who had climbed up over here and on the other side, and they actually were pounding on the glass. Now, a normal person doesn't do that. A normal person would never think to pound on the glass. I've seen the videotape of the first 14 people who went into the building. They were all dressed in black. They looked like they'd been trained as, uh, as warriors, the people who went in. This was clearly a planned event that was not the Trump supporters who around, were around the building. What my conclusion was on site is that this was nothing short of a coup, a political coup. What's a coup? It's an illegal takeover of a government. That's what I saw happening. This was a, a fake event used to try to rebrand President Trump as the leader of an insurrection, a terrorist insurrection. This was used as a rebranding event to rebrand all of us who voted for Donald Trump, who supported the Make America Great Again agenda. And it was also an effort to rebrand going into the future to make sure that Make America Great Trump supporters and President Trump himself would be forever discredited. And of course, that's exactly what we've seen in the last six months. President Trump was muzzled by big tech big mainstream media, and he's been put into the memory hole. Never before have we ever seen a president of the United States had his voice taken away the way that we saw from Donald Trump. But it isn't just President Trump's voice. It's our voice. Our voice has been taken away from us. We're muzzled on Facebook. We're muzzled on Twitter. We're muzzled in the tech world. This is what you need to know. This is all a fake all a phony, all public relations, all done specifically to deny us this Make America Great Again movement and to deny us our voice and to deny us the fact that we love America, we support America, we support our Constitution, our Declaration of Independence, and American values. That's what happened that day. So when I was inside, I uh, was praying. And I uh, left the prayer room. I went into the rotunda. I must have gone through the rotunda literally moments before all the people came streaming through, as you saw on television. I went to the Capitol Police. I said, I, I need to get out of the building. They said, you can't leave because there's been, an, uh, there's been a breach in the building. Trump supporters got in. And I laughed. I thought, oh. I said to them, Trump supporters are the nicest people in the world out there. They, this, they wouldn't do something like that. And they said, well, I don't know. You're going to have to figure out a way to get out of here. So I went down in the tunnel. I saw I had 40 Secret Service guys rush toward me. They had Nancy Pelosi in the middle of them. They were rushing her out of this chamber um, over across the street to one of the office buildings. I plastered myself against the wall. I had a mask on my face. And I thought, well, if they're going that way, I'm going to go the other way. So I went back here to the chamber. I took an elevator back upstairs. When I got into the Capitol... I was met by one of Capitol Security. They knew me from my face having served here. And they said, uh, uh, Congresswoman, you'll, you, you can't be here in the building right now. And it was it looked like we were in Afghanistan. It was soldiers with all of the gear and all of the rifles. And so he took me again out. He escorted me out of the building. 
down through the tunnels. We ran into another member of Congress, and the Capitol Police asked that member of Congress if I could uh, shelter in place in his office. We were effectively under martial law. We weren't allowed to leave the Capitol complex. We weren't allowed to leave this campus. For five hours, we were, we were in that office, and it was a miracle we even got out. They wanted us to stay overnight here on campus. It was, it was an armed encampment. It was martial law. There was nothing like it. And what I saw is that their deception and delusion were the aftermath and ruled the day. And a false narrative was going out. I was in that office right across the street, the House office building, together with 25-year-old staffers of this congressman, looking right down over here at what was happening. And we had Fox News on and the TV. So I'm listening to Chris Wallace, Donna Brazil, all the, Dana Prino, all these people on Fox describing what's going on. I'm looking with my own eyes out the window. What they were describing in no way was what I saw on the ground or what I experienced in the building. And so I was telling the 25-year-old staffers, don't believe what they're telling you on TV. That is not what happened. You're looking at it. That is not what's happening. But that was the message that went out to America. So America got a false view of January 6th. I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the George Floyd events happened. We had the worst insurance industry riot in the history of the United States other than Rodney King. We had five miles of businesses burned down, over 1,500 businesses destroyed, over $500 million in damage. How many people do you think went to jail? How many people do you think had to pay the price? That's right. That's right. Almost no one. And yet what happened from January 6th here? They've taken innocent Americans or people who got swept up in the moment and spent 10 minutes walking around the Capitol. And they're languishing today, six months later in jails for their involvement in January 6th. There is no comparison between the Black Lives Matter Marxist riots that were fomented all across the United States versus what happened here at January 6th. I was here. And I was here for six months before the events. I was here with prayer warriors. And we've been here afterwards. Because you see, we don't despair. We don't give up. We persevere. We know God is good. God is good all the time. In Psalms 23, it says that God pursues us with unfailing love. Unfailing love and faithfulness. He causes our cup to overflow. That's why we're here with Well-Versed Ministries. That's why we're here today, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So even though the events here were, were horrific, not planned by Trump supporters, planned by someone else who had an alter alternative motive, their motive was to make sure Joe Biden got certified that night, come hell or high water. That was their effort. They didn't care how it was done. It had to be done. Who was killed here on January 6th? It was at a Capitol Hill police officer who killed an unarmed female veteran. It appears that it was an African-American Capitol police officer who pulled the trigger. And what has the FBI said? What has the Department of Justice said? They aren't even going to investigate. 
They've let it go. We have the death of an unarmed veteran, Ashley, um, uh, Ashley Babbitt, who was killed just off the House chamber. A lot of people don't realize this. She was killed just where the members of Congress walk in to vote. That's where she was shot down, gunned down in cold blood. Do you know it was only a couple of hours later those members of Congress were told to come right back here and vote? Now think of how, think of this carnage. Think of how monstrous this act was by Nancy Pelosi and the leadership here who insisted that Joe Biden get certified that night. An innocent woman was gunned down right there. The crime scene was cleaned, cleaned up and vanished. And all the members of Congress, after all the trauma of that day, after blood, literally, a pool of blood laying up there. And members of Congress had to walk across the street or through the tunnel. And they were all forced to come in here about 8 o'clock at night. They had to stay here till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning so that the most selfish people in the world could get their way. Certification of this election. They stole it in the middle of the night. They certified it in the middle of the night from stem to stern. This is a phony deal. That's my opinion. That's not the opinion of this ministry or anybody else. This is my opinion. And you need to know from a firsthand account from someone who is here, that's the story of January 6th. Thank you. Well, I assume that's been challenging, uh, engenders hope on some level, but also makes us realize we need to pray, we need to be active, we need to support candidates and those running for office who are recognizing the biblical realities of our life and also just to take hope because beneath it, behind it, in spite of what you hear and what you see on mainstream media and social media, the Lord is on the throne. Yeshua will return to a Jewish Jerusalem. He will, in fact, rule the earth. There will be a season with him, and we're just looking forward to that. And so I hope that from this podcast, you pick up behind the scenes the hope behind the headlines. Shalom, shalom. This is Miles, and I want to encourage you to share this with your friends, to give it a five-star rating on your podcast outlet, and also to just support us at mkhop.org and to help us to continue to bring these messages to you. We love you. We thank you, and we are grateful to be part of what's happening in the world today as we see the world aligning the nation's in preparation for the return of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Adonai Adonai, Melacham Lachim, the King who will rule from Jerusalem. God bless you. See you next time.